Hello everyone and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock along with Colin Doyle and uh, we are back. Yes, we are. One week hiatus there. Is that it? Yep. I just feel like a, it's been longer than a week. My apologies. Had, uh, last week off there, a little little breather. Recharge I don't come the on when they lose, I guess. I guess. They, they lost Halifax. I chose against it. Okay. Just kidding, of course. I was tied up. I was away. Well, it's good to be back, and especially after such a great game. Yes, what a game on Saturday night. Uh, down 6-2 at the half. This team rallies to come out with a 9-8 win and arguably the toughest building to play in against, again, arguably the best defensive team in this league. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – and, sorry, and maybe the bigger story is the fact that not only were the Rock missing Adam Jones and Tom Schreiber as they have been for the last significant amount of time, uh, but they were also missing Dan Dawson, who went on the IR last Friday and missed Saturday's game. So three out of their top four scorers out of the lineup. And you think, well, Robbie will go for seven and they'll get a win. Yeah, he did not. He did not. <laughs> and, and they still come out of there with a win. And it was He picked a good time to score, though. He did. Not by design, I'm sure, how the win came about, but... You know, we'll talk about this. You know, in length today. This is a this is one of these wins you look back on and say, you know, so many reasons for them to roll over. Yet they didn't do it. And then you you know you kind of just watch how the game evolves. And Robbie goes cold, and can't seem to either get a good look or when he did get a good look, kind of just settle in his stick. And it just wasn't his night. But like you said, he picked a great time to score the big goal. And then you get Reinhold step up. You get Pup step up. And then you get this defense that can run. You know, in my opinion, as good as anybody else in this league, if not better than maybe our opponent coming in this weekend in Calgary, uh, the team speed showed out and they got big goals of the defensive end, big opportunities. And in my opinion, they just wore the, they wore the rush down. So 6-2, we're at halftime. Uh, I, for one, felt like we were in a bit of trouble. Oh, sure. Um, I didn't think that uh, The Rock was generating a ton of great chances and it felt like... You know, it was the game felt like it was starting to fall into a rhythm where Sask was going to get their goal. We weren't going to answer. They were going to, and not that it was going to be this huge run, but it was going to be this maybe like well, they two were one, us three down. one, exactly. And 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 then to come out in the second half the way we did was unbelievable. But your thoughts on the first half, first overall, just uh, where you thought we were at halftime? I th- I thought well, I thought we were in trouble. And, and, and uh, Challen had an interview on the floor, and he said, "Lo, we got this. We feel like we're playing okay. Uh, we're going to find our legs, and we'll we'll be here. We'll be competitive in the second half." And you know, I did not feel that at all. I felt like same same as you. Slowly, the better team was just starting to pull away, and it wasn't going to be a fifteen six final. But I, uh, they're going to win thirteen eight, and. Uh, you, you lick your wounds and you move on. you got no offense left out there, and, you you know, you take the positives. But the first half, I actually did think they had some decent looks, um, many of them albeit in transition. But I thought Kirky was really good, uh, and Nick wasn't his best. I think there was two he, he'd like to have back, but yeah. he, he also made some saves. And I just felt like, uh, well, they're probably in a bit of trouble. And, and again, uh, keep it close, fight hard, which they were doing, and move on. No shame in that. Because you have all the excuses in the world. You're in the toughest building against one of the best teams, and you're down. You're down manpower. So, uh, And they didn't. They came back, and I thought the the floor tilted the other direction from the minute of the ball drop. Um, and I felt like the Rock essentially wore the rush down with their team speed out of the back end. I, you know, we'll talk about this in a bit more, and I think the Rush have their own problems, and the Rock exposed those. Um, but from the Rock's perspective, the team speed – 
especially Dominey, Jubinville, Burns. Uh, again, I'll go all the way through the list if I had to. And then offensively, Reinhold finds a way to to create some great opportunities. They get one on that five minute power play that you know that may not seem like a a big thing, but to me it was a it was a huge obstacle to overcome. They were not scoring on these five minutes, and they were losing all these momentum in these games. He finds a way to stick one in, usually not even on the power play, so it's huge. And then essentially, before you know it, they're up two. And you you looked or you look at the scoreboard, you're just like, you know, what happened here? So there were stretches. I don't know the exact times. You probably will. We held them scoreless, and in my opinion, opportunityless. Like there were stretches where they weren't even getting shots on goal. So just felt like our athleticism wore on their offense, and we created so many chances in transition. Our offense started to click a bit, and we got enough to win, and in an impressive fashion. So. I was really, really enthused with the win. I just think it's such a big character win for these guys. And just, it, it's, it could go a long way. Again, I'm not a storyline guy, but wins like this are hard to come by. And uh, I'm sure they enjoyed it afterward. And I don't think that moment was lost on them. So hopefully it builds into something even greater as they start to get some of these components back. What I wanted to say about Reed Reinhold was he scored his three goals in three different ways. And I think different levels of importance, like you say, the power play. Um, shorthanded. Shorthanded, that goal where he broke him down and then went for the dunk. And then, uh, yeah, his quick stick basically finished there too. So it was – he did it three different ways, three different t- kind of moments in the game. And, like, he's delivered at clutch moments over his career with the Rock. And, you know, not always the game-winning goal necessarily, but just – seems like important goals he seems to score in games and even he only had one goal I think in the the last home game here in Toronto but it was a big goal and I just think he has this you know ability or whatever to 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 do this in games for them and I think it's been big um and like you say but just scoring on the power play they didn't need to score two on that five it would have been great but just the fact they scored because there had been it, it was going to be bigger than just missing on a five-minute power play in one game because now this was a thing. Yeah, right. I agree. And, and it was like that goal was bigger than just that goal, I think, for the mindset, the psyche going forward as well. And, and you could tell the psyche as that dragged on that power play, the unwillingness for, for <laughs> Robbie and and Craiger and Pup and for these – and even Child, like to just start to double hitch, triple hitch. Like I know what's going on in their heads. It's like, man, we, I don't I don't even want to shoot anymore. They, they, that buildup of that that angst of of understanding the situation and understand that this would have been the third or fourth time this year we'd get nothing on a five-minute power play. Like, it was wearing on them. And then, lo and behold, the guy who's never usually even on the power play just yeah. steps into a real simple <laughs> shot from the shooter. It was there, and he, I think he put it right through his legs. It, was, it wasn't a beautiful goal, but yeah. I, I hope and I feel like that was so big like you said on so many levels because the, there's the monkey off the off the back and you know I again I think his knack for scoring big goals has been has been big for this team and he's been an incredible uh incredible you know it, he's been incredible for this offense because I think he does so much and nobody expected anything from him and I think you know Dan Craig's got to find his way here so does Johnny but uh in the meantime uh, you know, he's done a nice job of stepping in and creating some opportunities for those lefties, you know, himself included, so that they're chipping in. And when Robbie did not have his best night, these goals were going to have to come elsewhere for sure. 
You know what's funny about Robbie? We've been talking about, you know, Robbie only got the one goal on Saturday, but just looking at his stat line now, um, they've got him down for taking 25 shots in that game. I believe 20 it. 20 on and five off. And they weren't great looks. I saw a lot of the old Robbie in there. But it, and part of this is, is due to the defense he was playing. He's seeing some of the best defenders, and more often than not, two of them at a time. Yep. So he had to settle. He didn't get underneath. He didn't get his good power play looks. They took those from him. So in his mind, he's still just trying to generate because he knows I got to get some here. Mm-hmm. And so and you could even tell that he knew he was settling, running back to the bench. He knew he's like, okay, look, that's probably not the best shot, but you know he wanted to be the man, and he was, and he is, and he's just trying to generate. And then I think those other guys stepping up and scoring kind of let him take a breath. And then, like you said, he gets that great look off the bench, which was created yet again by transition. And and not yep. only the guys getting up the floor, but the guys getting to the bench. There's Robbie stops and pops. And if you look at a different dynamic, Kirk was real good for almost three quarters of this game. But in his head, he's got to start looking at the other end. And this is where it's so big. Rosie just wouldn't give an inch. Yeah. So then Kirk, he starts thinking, well, I can't make a mistake here. This guy's not going to give another one up. And I believe three of the last goals, you know, could have, should have, may have been stopped. And I feel like the psyche at one end, I believe Rosie wore him down. I really do. And I think that's a testament to how good he's been. And, again, for all the haters out there, you know, love him or hate him, take him or leave him, he's been pretty darn good this year. And at some point, he's going to have to get his due. He, uh, statistic-wise, he currently sits uh, second in the league, I believe, yes, in goals against average and second in uh, save percentage as well. So- First in wins. Right? Uh, yeah, he'd be tied. There's a few guys with seven right now. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, unbelievable year. And it's funny, before they went out uh, to Sask there on the weekend, uh, when Dan Dawson, got, Dan Dawson got put on the IR, uh, Rosie and I were chatting a little bit, and he just, we kind of just kind of laughed, right? Like, oh, you know, here we go. Like, here's another body down. Who's the next man up? And uh, I just said, well, Rosie, uh, looks like you're just going to have to stop every ball there. <laughs> And he said, yeah, yeah, well, okay. And then I said, you know, 9-8 last week in uh, Halifax. We'll take another one of those games just as long as we're on the right end of it. And lo and behold, Colin. I feel a, sto- a storyline going on here. 9-8 final. I, sa- I texted that to Rosie right after the game. I said, uh, I said, wow, remember, 9-8, just like we drew it up. And then Could you just, tell him this he, week, 15-6? He just texted back, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. Which was funny. So. The whole team was great. You can go down. I mean, there's really there, – I mean, anybody who watched the game, anybody who's a fan of the Rock, he, these are wins that I can remember vividly uh, throughout the years on, on what turned out to be championship teams where you look back on them and say, like – what a turning point! Yep, uh, I just feel like this this could be one of those wins for this team if if they go down and win it, uh, you know, which is a long ways away. And I'm not in the business of saying that. We talked about this off air. They could go lay an egg this week, and again, the you know they got a million issues and injuries <laughs> yeah. are catching up with them. And the storylines change so quickly in this league. But ultimately, I feel like the persona of the team has changed. Um, Teams are no longer looking at them as yeah they got some talent but they don't have enough to get it done when it counts. I feel like wins like this make a they they start to chip away at the psyche of others and I think uh, you slowly start to see what a championship team looks like and that was certainly something that would help mold that. So, um, well, what a th- great game. You're talking about writing you know these storylines again like the 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 flip was almost there though at halftime. 
Yeah. Because I think that was like, in my mind, I'm like, oh man, like we're not getting anything offensively. The injuries are catching up to sure. us. Like these guys and in Halifax, so good to and a not, certain extent too, the, yeah. the offense wasn't as brilliant yep. as we've seen it. And you are starting to think, oh, maybe it is catching up. But then these guys have <clears throat> had a knack of just uh, and you know what? finding another gear, right? The injuries finding are catching up Finding a way to win. Them. Yeah. They, they are. I mean, yeah. they, they, eventually you run out of bodies. Their <laughs> offense has been slightly more anemic the last few yeah. games. There's no doubt about it. They're missing three very good players. Yeah. But the team is, is finding ways to win. Yep. And, you know, if not for, you know, if potentially for two more minutes in the Halifax game, they rattled off two big wins in a row, yep, being this banged sure. up. So, uh, honestly, we can't just say because they won those, those those injuries aren't catching up with them because they certainly are. But they're finding ways to win, and the biggest the biggest bailout for this team, and it's <clears throat> excuse me, this is something we've talked. The speed of this defense is just it's unbelievable, mm-hmm. and it's not one guy running in transition. It's not Capito from. Uh, Colorado from yeah. Colorado running up or it's not it's not Steve told it's yeah. it is five guys gone up the floor it's three of them carrying the ball and pushing to the net it's two to the bench it is it's going to be a dynamic that teams are going to have a hard time stopping because unless you start to keep old guys on the floor or play D transition guys on offense to shut it down which alters how you have to play and defensively we're good enough that if you start to put weaker players out there we'll expose it so I think you know, building from the back end out, starting from Nick, and I think what has been a solid defensive group. You you add this transition dynamic in there; it's it, it it's a tough thing to stop. And I I don't know how you counter it. And it'll be interesting to see this weekend because, in my opinion, the team that does it second best is probably Calgary. They run very very well, and they have a lot of people that can put the ball in the net. But they're also you know they create for Doby off the bench. They create in all these different ways. So that dynamic this week will be fascinating to watch. Uh, two great offensive teams, but two teams that create a ton in transition. So it, it will be exciting as we look ahead. But before we do, I would be remiss as an analyst of this game to say, what on earth is going on with Mark Matthews? I mean, I, Somebody humor me here. For years I have said he is number one in this league, if not number two behind Lyle. What I saw Saturday night was a shadow of what I can remember him being. And I look, and I'm, I'm not just talking. He had an off night shooting it. He looked disinterested in shooting it. He didn't go to the net once. He settled over and over again for somebody else to shoot. He looked so disinterested. And again, I don't know if there's more going on here because I've only seen them once. I haven't been watching this group all year. But I know that team goes by where he goes. They always have. They always will. All those other guys, Church, McIntosh, Schaller, everybody gets theirs because of him. And I, I, I mean, I was astonished at how uninterested he looked on Saturday. Did you see that, or was that just me? Well, I think it's interesting you say that and and not having watched every game of Saskatchewan's very closely necessarily, but uh, the play-by-play commentator in the game actually mentioned that when I think he did score, said, man, I've always thought Matthew should be shooting the ball more. And so I think that maybe, I mean, like you say, maybe that's a storyline that's creeping in there in Sask is that, you know, the people there are maybe noticing more What's his stat line uh, this year? I'm interested because the goal he did score was just a garbage shot from way outside. Probably Nick should have had. Like, I don't remember him. He was passing up looks. Yeah, he's only got 11 goals this year. He's got 45 points, mind you, but he's only got 11 goals in nine games. Something's up there. This is not my business to pry. Not we're not analysts for that team, but I can tell you this: something there isn't right with him. Uh, Either he's injured or he's off put by something. Because man, 
that team offensively won't beat a lot of teams. But he scored that like ridiculous goal against Halifax a couple of weeks ago that was so smooth and he like, is unstoppable. Unbelievable. The goal he scored where he switched hands and went like that one hand underhand bouncer on the run. Like it was just silly. Right. I don't know. And yeah, like you, you worry that at any moment that switch goes on and you're like but it didn't. Good night. Like we're done here because oh, yeah. if he goes, if he starts going, I don't know. Well, when it gets to six, six stopped, yeah. You go, all right. Well, here we go. Like he, maybe it's his he was game just, now, yeah. yeah. And it was. It, it, he didn't even look like he was interested in trying. Yeah. And you know our defense is awesome and all, but I give him a little more credit than that. Like if he wants to get to the net, I don't care if our two best are checking him; he'll get to the net. Yeah. So it, it, you watch. You know, I got to watch a lot of the Calgary game in between our game, and. You watch what Dobie's doing, and you're going, "Well, that's that's Mark." I mean, that's the same thing. And I, I was, I was very, uh, I left, like I, I shut the game off, and that more, more than the Rock, I was more, I guess, confused as to what's going on with him. So we'll see where that goes. But and I, I think, but I here's did, the danger. I think I did that. look up his stats, and I and I said, "Look, this guy's barely even getting a goal a game." Yeah. And, and in my mind, he's the most. He's the most brute force in the game. Like, he can literally score when he wants to. Now, I don't know if this is – the game's not passing him by. This isn't – like what is he, 30-something years old? Like Not even, though. So, I yeah. I don't know. It caught my eye a lot. And I under, McIntosh goes games like that where he doesn't get his, so it doesn't shock me as much. I think McIntosh is an incredible player in his own right. So, it didn't kind of shock me that he got nothing. Uh, but the fact that Mark, you know, really was a – He has actually just turned 30. But my, th- my thing was here – the danger, I feel like, is that these guys are still so good that I feel like there has been a point in seasons past, too, where you sit there and you go, uh, maybe this is the year they kind of, and then, oh, no, okay, oh. they finished like 13 and thirteen and 5 and won their division, and here they go again. And But, I mean, they did falter last year, right? And it uh, caught up with them, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we said the same thing. Until somebody beats them out there, we're really not willing to be the ones to say, hey, yeah, they're done. Yeah. It's like the Patriots. Yep. And, and I'm with you. But, again, each year you see more holes in it. From expansion, from this, from that, you do see more holes in their game. Uh, you know, what those holes are, you kind of chip away at. And if this is a, an issue offensively, which I'm not willing to say it is yet, um, then that's one more hole in their game. I'm with you, though. We go ahead and win our division, and maybe they end up catching a wild card. I don't want Saskatchewan coming to Toronto for game one of the playoffs. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm with no you there. Chance. No. So, But I have seen, and I don't even know, have they won a game at home yet this year? They beat, yeah, they beat San Diego. They're perfect on the road. Yeah. Uh, I think they're 5-0 and on the road, and I think they only have one or two wins at home. Anyway, so that was – One, if I'm a, one if, and three at home, 5-0 and on yeah. the road, yeah. So if I'm a Rush fan, that I guess kind of jumps off to me. But what do we know? We've talked too much about the Rush already. That's uh, yeah. We it was it was an excellent game to watch. Uh, again, if you're a fan of the Rock, that passion that lacked in our home opener that I was so concerned about has certainly washed away. This team is playing with heart. They're playing with grit. They're skilled, and they're a team that can compete for a championship. And slowly and surely, we're going to start to get these guys back. And uh, it's important, I think, to remember that game one back may not be the best result for either that player or the offensive as a group. But we got to remember we got to integrate these guys back when they get back. And, uh, you know, by the end of the year, if we get everybody clicking, man, it will be a tough team to stop. Last uh, couple of thoughts just with Rosie, Maddie Sawyer's post game comment right at the end when he said, uh, Yeah, broken record, Rosie is pretty good. 
Nothing more needs to be said. And the one guy we haven't talked about enough, I feel like, in all of this and, and how well the defense has played is Brad Cree. Well, we talk about him lots. Well, nobody feel, else I seems feel like to. like it's not enough. Nobody else it's, seems to. Uh, I mean, nobody else. I mean, again, take him or leave him. These preseason or half half season award winners. So you, you know, all you need to do is look at those and see the respect that, you know, our team gets. Brad was too far down the list. Nick was too far down the list. Rob was too far down the list. But yes, Brad Cree is a is a monster for us, and leads the NLL and cause turnovers. One more than Ryan Dilks. Uh, Dilks has played one last game, and Dilks is, in my opinion, uh, the class of this league defensively, if not close to it. And loose balls, he's at seventy nine, which is you know fifteenth in the league, but still. But he uh, plays a lot. He yeah. gets the best matchup every game. He's turning the ball over, not against team's fifth and sixth options he's turning the ball over against option one and two like he had a couple takeaways on saturday night where men against boys that's type right thing. like he he's yeah. turning in to be a a tremendous leader for this team and he's got some winning pedigree obviously from way back and i think yep. his he's fine-tuned his game and now he's he's heavily relied upon back there and you know him and damon essentially are the kind of the statesmen yeah and uh they've done a great job of it in my opinion they, they've led this defense and it's fun to watch, and then you add Domini, and you add Jubenville, and you add these guys with this this youthful energy and the speed, but then the ability to make the right play with the ball, put the ball in the back of the net, all those things matter. And, again, I thought that was the turning point in this game, which, you know, they'd turn and trot five guys off the floor, and we had five guys just attacking. And that's going to be troublesome for every team in this league as, as things go on. Okay, we'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access, and we'll be back with Jamie Dowick in just a second. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Colin Doyle, and we now welcome in studio the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. How are you guys? I'm doing well. Colin, you? I'm excellent. I feel like Mike's putting on a bit of a facade. <laughs> I feel like he's uh, he is a bit testy today. I'm, I'm not testy should have, at all. I should add filler, filler to my titles for today's appearance, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, Maybe he'll come around. Before the end of the interview, it's good to have you, boss. Thanks for coming on. After what is uh, what well, was an amazing weekend, I'm sure uh, having seen it on TV was one thing, but to be there live, I imagine to be able to pull off a win like that in front of a what looked to be a great crowd against you know a perennial champion in this league with uh, a skeleton crew must have been a pretty good feeling. It, it definitely was. It was uh, you know you've been you've been involved in a bunch of those, and when you when you win games like that and. In that environment against that team, uh, yeah, it was a it was a great night for the team, and uh, you know, hopefully, something we can continue to build off. I feel like you know, from where I was sitting, anyway, this team, the inability of this team in the past to win that game, I think, is one thing that jumps off the charts to me. I feel like everything was going against them. There, you know, again, really no reason for them to go in and win that game. Down six two at half, it looks even bleaker. But they managed to scrounge together something and uh, get two points. And I feel like, again, from, from my perspective, this team has lacked a win like that in years past. We don't know where this goes, obviously, but uh, I feel like it's a big step in the right direction. I'm assuming you feel the same way. Absolutely. Uh, um, I couldn't agree with it more. Uh, it's just uh, the, the, these guys, it's a real good group in that room, real tight room. 
um, you know, they just they battle for each other, and and I don't know. Seems uh, they they just don't want to let each other down. And and you're right, they could have they could have folded up shop, you know, pretty easily in that game at halftime, and and they come out and you know maybe play the best half they've played all year with, uh, you know. The, the, the lineup we had so uh, hats off to them it, it was a lot of fun and yeah it was it was nice you, you know it's great enjoying those uh big road wins and in great stadiums and and all that it always makes it a little more special well and nick rose i mean we talk about him a ton being the backbone of this team and for the second week in a row he lets in only two goals in the second half and you couldn't have needed it more, I think, in this game for him to step up in these key situations. But we've talked about uh, some of these veteran guys, it looks like, and we're kind of joking before we started here about looking back at the 2011 championship team. But there's some of these veteran guys that, you know, we've talked about the window starting to maybe close a little bit for them. You know, have you seen kind of that maybe that renewed enthusiasm or something like that, that, you know, these guys are just that much more dialed in this year? Well, I, I think it's competitiveness and and um you know the the young guys bring in a lot of energy and and youthfulness and energy yeah. but at the same time they're trying to take your job so it is it, really just a really good mix of personalities in our room and i you know everyone wanted to play for each other but i also think there's the hey there's a guy knocking on my door trying to take my job if I don't you know do whatever and and everyone wants to be out there so I, I right now it just seems like it's a good mix of all those things kind of combined and and um, you know that, that that's a good problem to have I think well I think Scott Dominey is one of those guys that seems to be knocking on that door to try to stay in the lineup once everybody's healthy here and um, he seems to be pro- providing that extra lift I think beyond the fact that it's a big goal but some something happens when he gets the ball in his stick it seems like and it just it's one of those things where everybody seems to get out of their seat and get excited is that is he starting to is that enthusiasm starting to kind of trickle down like you say through the team because he had an interesting quote I thought as well after the game about saying how in the first half he just didn't have his stride and then he <laughs> talked to a couple of guys and it looked like that because he kind of had an opportunity in the first half and it was like it looked like he was almost out of sorts and then in the second half he's like oh and then I talked to a couple of guys and I got myself back together and then boom he scores that unbelievable goal in transition again that's almost looking like it's automatic what do you, you guys are shaking your head well uh, listen he's, he's a character like yeah. and I've heard Dooley, I don't think you've had him on here yet, and you've said you want to get him on here. I mean, he, he like. Well, I got a bone to pick with his well, goal celebrations. That's for certain. You know, but you haven't I, seen. I, the I said goal after the weekend, yet. I'm like, you know, one of these times we're gonna get that Gus Frat situation, right? Where he's <laughs> yeah. gonna knock him. Like well, he he sullied on a goal in that game that wasn't a goal too, right? There was and then two, I think on his big goal, he walked right by the next player up and didn't high five him and looked right through him. I, I think I remember making a note of that. Listen, that, that, I mean, and that that's a topic on the team. Like, uh, you know, Dom loves the camera, loves, loves the, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And, and he's just, he's just a different cat, but you know, it's one of those things that, you know, yeah, the team, I, I do think he fires up the team and he's just, you know, he's just a different guy, and he just loves the game and loves to win. And You can't say he brings a different element to the team, but what he does is bring a, 
uh, a a more energetic element of what you already have. You have what he has in spades, really, like with how fast you're – that that jumped off the page to me this weekend. We talked about it earlier. The speed of our defense just crippled them. And, uh, you know, there would be four guys – jog into their bench and there'd be three guys up the floor and it felt like the whole second half they chased the game and uh honestly if not for kirk in many of those situations we'd have had more and i just felt like this is a big difference so i feel like dominic's just got that second gear uh he's exciting and i and i agree with both of you he brings something to the table that this team needs um, but we have a ton of that. It's not just him running. Like you watch Jubinville get up the floor. He's yeah. always he's always involved. He's Burns really is, you know, Burns has yeah. had a tremendous. Uh, Damon's still running. Uh, he, Listen, but, we make no no secret that that's what we want to do. Now it that starts with the save right. or the or the yeah. turnover and stuff like that. So they go hand in hand. And when we're on like that, that yeah, I mean, we, we like I said, we make no secret that that's how we want to play and what we're trying to do out there. And we we think we've got. You know, eventually you're going to see Challen back there too. So, yep. uh, you know, that adds a whole other element as well. I mean, Challen, again, a lot asked to him. One turning point in this game was I think the clock was down almost under a minute 30 in that five minute power play, I think in a one or a two goal game. And so many people were probably going, here we go again. And then lo and behold, the guy who's never on the power play, Reinhold, step, just steps in and shoots a shot and, and it goes in. And you can start to see as that power play went on, Robbie didn't want to pull the trigger. Um, no, Craiger didn't want to pull it. You know, a lot of guys that are on that power play all the time did not want to pull the trigger, just kept moving to the next minute. So he just stepped in and wanted to put it in. And I hope that that's, you know, I hope that that's how things are moving forward because I felt like if that power play gets away from you again, the game might go the other way. And, you know, again, I believe this has been an issue for this team in the past, but he just throws one at net and it goes in. And we only got one on that. Only that was got, a five. But five, you needed yeah. one. No, we absolutely – and that was late in that power play. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, Re, Re, Reader was, uh, you know, once it's kind of been the theme of the season, different guys stepping up when we needed them and, and we needed someone too. And, you know, I mean, Reader definitely was uh, leading the pack, John. We, we were really like what we saw out of Johnny – on the weekend too, which maybe isn't the best matchup for him. You know, I don't know if it's a great matchup for anyone. Uh, they're just so big and physical and 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 talented back there on the defensive end. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was uh, the dunk goal by Reed was amazing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did they score on their five minute power play? I don't believe they did. Again, kudos to the. They, they, it was was reduced to the three because right. uh, there's a penalty. Yeah, yeah but. But uh, yeah, the penalty kill was good because they're usually uh, deadly, up. deadly on the power play, and uh, you know we were pretty disciplined for the most part. But when we needed to kill a few off, uh, no, it was uh, it was a gritty effort, that's for sure. You wonder now if if the public, um, I guess the public's idea of Nick Rose is changing at all. If he's done enough yet, or if this literally will be championship or bust, but. I think uh, from your spot as the general manager of this team, this is something you believed in all along, so it should be of no surprise. But I re- And I know there were some midseason awards that came out online um, on one of the websites, and I don't even know that he was top three uh, in, go- in goalie of the year rankings. And I was quite perturbed by that, and I was quite perturbed that Robbie was so low on the MVP. But um, obviously Robbie didn't have his best game, but let's focus on Nick here. And I don't want to repeat what we always talk about, but do you feel like, do you feel like he's playing with a different – outlook this year do you think he knows the pressure that's on him versus maybe years past honestly does Rosie feel the pressure I don't know 
One, one thing I can tell you is at the midway point of the season, for me, um, look at the personal stats, look at the team, look at all the things. Um, I went through through some stuff the other day. Like Ro- Rosie's the the top. He he's the MVP for the goalie right now. If you factor in all those things, that to me, you know, first and foremost wins. Um, yeah, then so look at their record, look at their save percentage, look at their goals against, you know, team factors, all those things in. Um, he's right there, if not better than everyone in, in every category out of the out of the guys that play regularly and all that. And and he's just he's just been really, really consistently good this year for us. Um, yeah, not consistently consistent, just consistently almost great. Yes. Yes. And, and yeah, he let in a couple of soft ones on Saturday where you could, well, maybe the bubble's bursting here, but he rebounded with a second half, which arguably might have been one of his best uh, yet again. So, um, you know, again, from the from where I'm sitting, he's had a tremendous year and, and it had a tremendous impact on the wins on this team, especially with you guys going through so much. And I know that, the you know, the way the dressing room words it is, look, we gotta we got to deal with who is here, who isn't here, and all those things. But when Challenge spoke at halftime, there was an interview at halftime on the floor and you know, it could have just been window dressing him saying, no, we believe we got something here. Some of our chances didn't fall. We're getting our looks. We're going to grind this thing out. You know, there was a good part of me that says, good on him for saying it, but I don't believe it. And then lo and behold, they come back and grind that thing out. So I think for your captain to have, I believe the belief in that group, uh, which is a skeleton crew offensively, that they could come back and do it. I think it speaks volumes of where this team's at. So we haven't really provided uh, an official update, I guess, in terms of injuries. We've kind of chatted a little bit about it on the podcast and Every time on social, we kind of say there's no official update. These guys are all still on IR. But is there anything we can uh, officially pass on to the fans about guys like Tom Schreiber and Adam Jones and Brandon Slade and Dan Dawson and so on and so on? So on, so on. We're getting close here. I mean, really, I guess, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, everyone wants to know what's going up, up on up front. And, um, you know, the honest truth is I, I don't have those exact answers, but – um, you know, we're, we're at the point now where, you know, it could be any time really for all three of them. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I don't know if they all come back at the same time. I don't know if they come back one at a time. I mean, you know, there's going to be some, there's some stuff going there and yeah, we've been playing well, but, uh, you know, to be able to add those three talents and three, you know, all-stars into our lineup, um, you know, is only going to help us out in, in a lot of the areas that we feel like we've been struggling. Um, so, I, I, you know, there's a chance. I don't know which one to tell. I, there's a chance you you might see at least one of them this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm hopeful at least one of them we'll see this weekend. Uh, but, you know, we'll practice here uh tonight so um we'll obviously uh, get a chance to talk with dan and adam um you know we're communicating with tommy all the time obviously in, in new york so um will it, there it, be any more of a, a focus or importance in getting those guys back for the buffalo game no okay there, there's no focus on getting them back for any one opponent um the focus is to get them back as soon as possible and as soon as they're healthy to go and if um 
you know, we're we're well past that. I mean, we yeah. might have been saying that in week five or mm-hmm. something. You know, like, oh yeah, we'll sit Tommy. I think we did that. Oh, we'll sit Tommy out this week because <laughs> we have him for Buffalo or Adam. Yeah. We'll have him back for Buffalo next week, and here we are, thirteen weeks later. So, yeah. I, you know, no, you they have to be healthy to be able to go out there and be effective. And you know, I think. So, other guys have stepped in the situations where they haven't been out there. Other guys have had to, you know, step up, play Aaron Forster, uh, you know, played his first game ever. Uh, first game he's probably played in over a year because yeah. he was injured in the summer. Uh, and, you know, when we throw him out there against, you know, what I believe is the toughest defense to play against in the toughest building and say, here you go. Like, and but that's our mentality. Um, obviously, we want those guys back because they make us a better team. Um, I sit here and look at it, and I'm pretty excited about you know what what could happen up front because I feel really good about our defense and our goaltending, and and I believe that's you know that's where you win from, and and if we can you know get the offense headed and 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 not that they haven't been good, and and but you know get that to where I believe we can get to, then then we'll be a real tough out. And speaking of Aaron Forster, I mean, you say like the the layoff he's had just from playing indoor lacrosse in general and then um having to be thrust into his first nll game in a tough spot i mean how impressed or how surprised were you at what you saw there on on the weekend because he was you know a a big toe away from you know two goals in his nll debut and they weren't going to be easy goals the way he was going to try to score those yeah and he had a couple other really good opportunities kirk he made some really good saves on him too so listen um I don't want to say surprise because I, I, I've watched Aaron play and I know it was in junior and I know it was a couple of years ago, but I watched him play pretty closely for a couple of years. So, you know, yeah. it wasn't a really small sample size. It's more that it's just been a couple of years. So from that standpoint, um, I was, I, I thought he did a great job. Like I thought he got, you know, he comes in and within two minutes of the game, messenger sends him to the moon yeah. on that hit. <laughs> like just like welcome yeah. to the game. And it was probably a good thing in hindsight. Yeah. Like, you know, he bounced up and he was good and then he would just went, but I thought he got more comfortable as the game went on. I do know how tough it is to play against those guys. Like, you know, there's times where he's out top with the ball and Dilksy's on him. And I'm just, you know, and, and I'm just like, you know, that's what they want to do, right? They want Dilksy to get you out there, and he's going to take the ball off you, and then he's gone. So, but he did a good, he did a really good job. I know that the coaches, uh, you know, and the coaches probably aren't as familiar with him as I am because, mm-hmm. you know, he hadn't been, he hasn't really been around us because he has been injured. Um, so he hasn't been able to kind of practice in this and that. And, and uh, you know, while it didn't show on the score sheet, I, you know, there was a lot of things that, um, you know, I impressed our guys, and and we were really happy with what we saw. And once again, that just you know makes us feel good about the depth of of our roster. Do you think there'd be more of a tendency now? I mean, it seemed like the the coaching staff was pretty married to three rights, three rights, three rights all the time. Do you think with his play here that there could be more of a tendency to shift some of that philosophy to go with four rights? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, uh, you know, our, our philosophy behind the three rights is, uh, um, you know, a little more space for Robbie and Tommy and, and to use their strengths. And, and, you know, having said that, and it's, you know, I'm not going to say that we won't do that, 
but it might not be for like we've had this conversation yep. so you know thinking maybe before dan goes out we're getting tommy back and you know do you keep challenge up there and maybe go with four rights three like so conversations happen but that won't none of that really dictates it right now right uh, i mean we have more lefts than we do rights as well as you know that's kind of how we feel like we want to play but you know if we feel like we can do something else and it puts us in a better chance to win we're not married to it okay good for me good luck this week sunday home game versus calgary uh we won't get into calgary with you here mike i'll do mike and i'll do that on our own we don't need you to have to answer any questions that you might feel <laughs> not feel comfortable answering about that team put you on the spot so mike and i'll handle that afterward but good luck uh keep this train rolling been a lot of fun to watch uh, really excited to see how this thing plays out thanks guys all right, that was Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager Jamie Dowick. We'll be back in a moment with more. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock along with Colin Doyle. We have to thank Jamie Dowick for stopping by for a few moments. Always a pleasure chatting with the boss. And uh, now we're here to wrap things up and tee up this Sunday's game against the Calgary Roughnecks, a 3 o'clock start in Rock City a.k.a. Scotiabank Arena. And uh, the defending champs, the Calgary Roughnecks, come to town for an afternoon game. Uh, right off the hop, we will remind everybody that uh, you can get a free kids ticket with the purchase of a regular ticket through Ticketmaster for Sunday's game. Uh, so don't forget about that. Uh, details are at torontorock.com. Uh, but Colin, uh, I mean, these guys, they missed their MVP for six games. He's back, Dane Dolby, and he's... Uh, Making up for lost time here over the last couple of weeks, no to doubt. say the least. 13 goals in two weeks. That's a man on a mission. I watched a lot of that game, actually, intermittently between ours and then afterward. And uh, I like their team. I, I, I think defensively, you know, the, don't under-evaluate how good the Seals are offensively with a couple of their lefties back and especially with stats back. So I think, you know, he's a, he's a difficult check. And he looked amazing in that game. But... I think they can run. Calgary can run. They can score in transition, and they've got some superstars up front. Uh, and they've been a lot like the Rock. They've been kind of head above water while they deal with a bunch of injuries that they've had. Just getting Dutch back, um, missing King, uh, you know, for five weeks, I think. And I, you know, don't think there's any. He's not coming back anytime soon. So they're in the same situation, um, but they're the defending champs. So they've got that target on the back to boot and. Uh, they bring a young goaltender who's maybe had a few struggles this season. So, But I think ultimately what, what the fans should see is a high-energy up-and-down game uh, with with a lot of star power offensively when things are settled. Yeah, what Dolby's done, he looks pretty unstoppable. Um, but you're going to have to defend him. You know, I watched the San Diego game, and it felt like they were just trying to system this thing too much. And I remember vividly the first goal of the game, Dolby just walks down the floor and nobody checks him. And he sticks it in the top corner. And I was like, wait a minute here. I don't know. Like, I don't think the right way to play him is to not defend him. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see because, I, you know, uh, from, you know, from a lacrosse perspective, you know, where he, where he should struggle is his foot speed and where we do have our strength is with our defensive foot speed. So, um, you know, and then you got to worry if he doesn't go, does that just open things up for Superman on the other side who can score six on you in a blink of an eye as well? So they're well rounded. Uh, I think fans can expect an unbelievable game. I won't be able to watch it because I'm here our last week of Rock Elite League. 
So we've got all our gold and bronze medal games going. So a little plug there. Very excited to see it come to an end. It's been an amazing two seasons or two sessions, winter and uh, fall. So I'm going to miss the game. I'll have to watch it when I get home Sunday night. So that kind of breaks my heart because this would be one I would have circled to go see. Let's talk about Rock Elite League for just a second here. Sure. So what's going on after this? So the, everything – so these are the – These like are – say the end of the winter session, I yeah. guess, is uh, the champions are crowned here yep. over the next week and I think throughout next week in the other divisions. That's right. Um, and then what happens? Because there's Junior NLL, obviously, in August. But what happens between uh, now and then? I guess these guys obviously go play for their club teams. but We do. We wrap up – you know, privately we wrap up and let them start – kick off their own seasons with their own clubs – um, but we have, you know, the goal is by the end of April to have our team selected for the junior NLL. So, you know, what I'll do with our Bantam and Peewee teams is have a winter tryout, top 34 kids and four goalies will have a tryout. And then after that, I pick the top 30 and top three, uh, 30 players, three goalies from the combined sessions. And those, those, those kids will come to another tryout or two, depending on how easy or hard it is to make these selections. Uh, and we'll, we'll have the team selected. The nice thing this year is the tournament runs a bit later, so we avoid any conflicts with Team Ontario and, and any national programs that these kids might play for. So, you know, uh, for the first time in a few years, there's no conflict there, and we'll have, uh, you know, nobody will have to choose, which is fantastic because you hate to see that. So I'm really excited. Adding the Bantams into my portion of the program has been pretty good because to me this has been a – it's been an outstanding year talent-wise, and uh, it's been really fun to watch. You get to know more players and from different areas, and you kind of get a connection with them. And to be honest with you, like I've seen these kids now, a lot of them for, you know, 24 weeks. So you see you see what they're all about. It's mm-hmm. not they, they can't slide one by uh, having a good tryout on yeah. one day. You know what they're all about. But it's good to give them an opportunity to play together as a group and hopefully make this team. It'll be tough on us to make some difficult selections, but – I'm really excited. I love the junior NLL tournament, um, and I love to see our teams do well. But I, I just it, the tournament itself's got a different vibe. You know, it's not you don't hear anybody yelling and screaming. You don't hear there's so much positivity. There that really weekend. is. It's and that's all that I've heard from a lot of the other parents too. That they come to this event and they're just like, it's just so great. It is like it, and and that there isn't you know you don't have those preconceived, uh, you know hatred i guess if that's even the right word oh, it but, is a word you know what i mean when there's you know you've played against whatever center for so long you just always hate playing those guys and, and you know them all you yeah. know the kids you know the yeah. parents and you like them or dislike them you've had enough of them either yeah. way and this is a neat dynamic i've always been impressed with how this tournament's run and i think you know it's a pretty big honor for these kids to play for the junior rock and you know how can it not be obviously but yeah. you know the one thing i realized you know, as time goes on here, a lot of the clubs are starting to bring really competitive teams in. It's, it's you know, it's not one of these things you just try to great talent, go out and win it. You know, we'll have to be prepared. We have to get these teams selected nice and early. Uh, you know, we have to get some sessions together. But we try to avoid kind of a blackout, all the club lacrosse that there is. We don't really want to compete with that. I think it's important for them to play for their club teams uh, and, and be dedicated to that. And then, you know, when that's all, the dust is settled there, uh, and many of these kids will get to play for Team Ontario and whatever. It's it's good to just get them back together and focus on this. Then, so it's a, in my opinion, it's a nice dynamic. It's it's been really it's been a pleasure this year. It's been so much fun, and I've seen so much great talent. I can't wait to see some of these kids in the NLL. Last thing to quickly touch on here that's been gaining a little bit of uh, interest on social is also the event uh, with US Box. That's Do you true. Chat a little bit about that coming up in May. 
Yeah, we're bringing uh, the first time ever um, U.S. The national teams, the U.S. Box Lacrosse Association, has always had a national team that's played at the uh, the uh, Trevor Wingrove Tournament in Coquitlam. Uh, they've really started to compete well, but the talent base is that now that uh, they decided to split it with an East and a West team. So they've kind of made a divider through the middle of the States. And, you know, they approached us about hosting something here. It was going to be a small event, um, try to get some teams in to give them a taste of, you know, what real box across looks like. So we're coming up here and, and the, um, you know, the response has been amazing. I, I, I think we're going to have to grow the tournament to, to include Friday, and we might have to go to six teams at each division. So a lot of the top clubs that aren't competing anywhere else that weekend have have committed to playing. Uh, I won't say who they are yet. We'll touch on that next week as we're putting the final touches on it. But, you know, we'll, we'll be some of the most historied, you know, clubs here in Ontario that the kids in the U.S. know and they'll get to play against them with, you know. So it's pretty exciting. It's it's a great event. It's good to see, like, the U.S. is so big. they got to split it. they got it. They got the talent now. Um, you know, I don't expect that the U.S. teams will come up here and win anything by any stretch. But, you know, they'll get their – I think, more importantly, they'll get their eyes open to how much talent there is up here and how good we are at box. And I know how it works. When they go back home, they're just going to want to get better for the following year. And hopefully this is something we can build on annually. Um, again, you know, it's not a – we don't want it to be a private thing. We don't want to have uh, we don't want to have private clubs come in and play them. They want we want them to play, you know, the Halton Hills, the Orangeville Northmen. We want them to play these teams, and I think there's a lot to be said about that. So very exciting. The response has been amazing. Hopefully next week I can touch upon the teams that are involved and how excited we are to get our team picked down there, uh, and we'll help supply the U.S. teams with some of the coaches like Jalen, hopefully, and Brad, and these guys that play up here with the Rock will get them on the bench and hopefully integrate them into a lot of what these kids are doing. It sounds amazing. I know I think there's been a little buzz uh, so far on social, but I think it's going to only build here as we get closer and closer to this. So that's something uh, to keep your eye on. And, of course, uh, fans will be welcome to come out and watch that uh, all weekend long as well. And should be another uh, fun event here at the track for and sure. And it was, it was neat to see you talked on this, touched on this earlier. When something different happens in, in, in Canadian lacrosse, something that has been the same for so long, the response, you know, I've been involved with this long enough. The response is always positive. Mm-hmm. We're so excited to have somebody different in these tournaments, so excited to play. And you don't see, you know, a lot of this, some of the negativity that you'd see at a, you know, at a typical tournament. It kind of dissipates a little bit because yeah. of the interest and the excitement to have just new blood. And I think, you know, Canadian lacrosse people are sometimes afraid of new. Uh, so I hope this helps swing that a little bit because ultimately – if you look at it from the smallest to the biggest, you know, the NLL being the, the end goal here, if that's ever going to survive and ever get bigger, it's, you know, ultimately we can't keep it Canada's little secret and, yeah. you know, the indigenous little secret. This has got to grow to these American kids and they've got to be exposed to the best of the best. So I hope this is a start in the bigger picture of, of getting more players engaged in this game. And I think that's where we should well, and I think too, when people walk into something like the junior NLL tournament, they feel like they're at just a, a bigger event right right and i think this probably has the makings of something similar that that they're going to be at something it's a bit of a bigger event and a bit of a you know privilege to participate in something like this as well and and that they are truly participating in growing the game which is something that a lot of times we say but you know it's not really happening (laughs) we'll say right you're right whereas something like this you're truly are growing the game you're making players from another country like you say open their eyes realize how much better they have to get 
to compete and where they want to go eventually. You know, if you can imagine being the best the best kid in Connecticut and you live in this small little lacrosse world and you know you're, you're playing on all these teams and you're playing across the country, but you don't have any idea. Well, there's no way that a, a kid from small town Orangeville with thirty thousand people can have anybody better than this. You know, the stud yeah. from Connecticut, and they come up here and realize there's fourteen players on this team, same age group, <laughs> better than I am yeah. at this game. And, and the same goes for when these Canadian kids see the Americans. They see the size and the speed of them. And, you know, their skill set hasn't caught up yet in the box game. But the dynamic of watching the players kind of feel each other out to say, wow, there, there's a lot out there that I don't know. Yeah. And I think events like these hopefully will start to, to build that in, in the most traditional sense. Again, you're not asking a kid to strip off his Halton Hills jersey and go play for somebody different. It's just, you know – Let's see the 17 Halton Hills kids take this group on. Like, yeah. So everybody matters. It's not an all-star team. It's not a selects team. It's a, it's a true club team against what we're trying to make a club team in the States. And obviously, they're so far behind on the box game. they got to start with the best of the best. But, geez, it'd be great one day if, if the provincials or if these national events could host U.S. teams from, from hot spots yeah. that are starting to compete. It would, just, it would make the whole, the whole program better. And I think, uh, you know, everybody's trying to work to get there. And sometimes there's a bit of reservation about, you know, doing these things. But ultimately, uh, you know, I think everybody wins. I really do. Well, this could become something that could become like a super massive, like, showcase event on the calendar every year for minor lacrosse. Because I can remember back to uh, the old Newmarket Showcase Tournament and Provincial Junior A Hockey. And there would often be teams that would be in other leagues or you'd have the Northern Ontario teams, the top teams would come down to play against the Ontario Provincial Junior A team. So you'd see, I know this is going to be a big throwback, but the Rayside <laughs> Belfort Sabercats would come down. They had a big, and then, you know, this team from Texas started coming in, the Texas Tornado. And everybody would be like, oh, you know, not too sure. And then they, they were really good, right. right? And then these guys, and they were awesome games, awesome games. And, once, and it was just great. I think it's very similar to that where it's like every year people just – hockey fit junior hockey fans just kind of went to this tournament because they knew they were going to see something they don't always get to see and it was just going to be unique and special and like really good games and right. i think that could be something that this develops into very similarly is that it's something they don't regularly see it's an event and it's going to be worth going to watch so right um yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's pretty cool. And the hopes is we do a really good job of it, and this is something that Ontario teams can add to the calendar every year. And, uh, you know, uh, there's so much that can be built off this, and ultimately what would be best if, if U.S.-based clubs could come up and compete in, in an A, a B, or a C tournament as a club. You know, obviously, you know, what we're trying to assemble here, we want to compete against A talent, but there's nothing to stop, you know, down the road, you know, a moderate-level team from Hartford to come up and play in a in a B tournament in so and so town yeah. and and so not just the top clubs are seeing it but you slowly start to see the integration at all levels you know being from a, a B center myself like you know those opportunities don't come by and if if you're hosting a tournament and somebody from a different place wants to come and you know compete in it I think it's it just adds value to the game of lacrosse obviously my you know my take on this is obvious I think it's good for it but you run into people that don't see the value in it, and you always will. But I think if we're going to grow it, you know, it has to happen. It's, it, you know, being involved down in the U.S. now for some time, I see the momentum they're building. Like, it's coming. It's happening. Like, it's inevitable. Like, those guys down there have done a great job of starting this thing, and now it's like a snowball going downhill, and yeah. everybody wants to play it. And, you know, the analogy I use when I'm speaking to parents down there is just straight up simple. It's like once your kids play this game – 
they're going to have a really hard time going back away from it because it is the best game in the world to play. It's so exciting. Like, a 10-year-old can't have that much fun playing field. Yeah. If they're really engaged in this game, once they get into the box, there's no turning back because this is just go, 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 go. You're always engaged, always involved. And, you know, I, I just think it's been it's been pretty addictive for people down there. And I think the bigger it gets, the harder it's going to be to stop. So, you know, and same goes the other way. We host some huge events down in the States. You know, eventually we'd love nothing more than some of these top clubs to come down and play in those things. But yeah. it's all about time. It's about making it work. It's about growth. But being involved myself, it is pretty exciting. And I, I hope this event goes off really well. I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully next week we'll now announce the clubs that are involved. All right. There you go. Off teaser. topic. Yeah, my little bad. teaser. Uh, so anyways, yeah, just to uh, wrap things up here, don't forget Sunday, 3 o'clock, Toronto Rock and the Calgary Roughnecks. The Roughnecks are the defending champs. Huge game. Uh, all around every week's going to be huge as we've talked about because the following week is is probably just as big if not bigger with the buffalo bandits coming to town on friday march 13th that will de- decide the season series both teams have uh beaten each other once uh one in their own building so uh hopefully that gives the rock an edge here on march 13th but uh it'll be great and uh, as jamie dowick alluded to earlier there's a chance he's saying there's a chance we may see one of the three back in the lineup uh, on Sunday, and one of the three being one of Jones, Dawson, or Schreiber back in the lineup on Sunday. But just a chance. You imagine being the coach on the other team, you know, generally with injuries, you're looking down to see if you see one guy. Like, well, I, yeah. you know, they lost someone, so let's see if he's in tonight. <laughs> Every time you peek down there, you see you see uh, Schreiber roll out, then you see Jones, and then you see Dawson. You're like, oh, okay, well, there goes the game plan, whatever yeah. we had planned for. Like, it would be pretty dynamic to get – to get all three back, but I think at this point, uh, Jamie did say it best. Let's wait till they're healthy, grind through this, whatever this is uh, with these injuries, and then get them all healthy for the stretch run. All right, so don't forget, you can get a free kids ticket with the purchase of a regular ticket for uh, Sunday's game, essentially making kids free on Sunday. It's Kids Day. We've got a few fun things planned. Kid reporter, kid uh, PA announcer joining me up in the oh, booth neat. for a little bit of time. We've Have got, you already picked up? Uh, the kids PA announcer? Yeah, there's actually going to be a couple of them joining me uh, throughout uh, the second quarter on Sunday afternoon. And then there's going to be also um, some kids doing some little uh, intros and stuff with Scott Fox as well. Um, we've got all kinds of stuff going on. It's going to be kind of exciting. Fun. And obviously we've got lots of kids playing uh, in the scrimmages, pre and post game and involved in the fan tunnel, flag, uh, flag bearers, all that kind of stuff. So uh, kids all over the place. So. Uh, it should be a great afternoon on Sunday and a great chance to get in and out of the city real nice and easy on a Sunday afternoon as well. That's true. All right. Okay, so that'll about wrap things up. In the meantime and in between time for Colin Doyle, I am Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week.